0: Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Arcade Militia, the show where we talk about queer games and queer media content. Um, Well, I don't usually do this because I like to let these episodes flow a bit more freely. Um, Yeah, this game is good. This game is shockingly good. So we don't spoil anything, uh, or at least we do a pretty good job of not spoiling the most major parts of the game. But, you know. just go buy the game you know like i cannot stress this enough how good this game is so yeah uh i am jackie with my co-host steph and welcome to the Arcade arcade militia hello hi Hi, staff. We played another game with a very long and confusing name. This one more straightforward, but it's still very long.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And it took me forever to learn the name of this. I think I just uh, kept referring to it as the lesbian furry game, which is completely inaccurate. And it's just because of the cutesy animation on the opening screen that I gave it that name. Well, I mean, you're not... It's not completely inaccurate.
0: Uh, The name of the game is Super Lesbian Animal RPG. (laughs) So calling it the Lesbian Furry Game is like, you're just missing the super and the RP.
1: But essentially,
0: (laughs) you're on the money.
1: (laughs) And I'm not in any way trying to yuck anyone's yum or, you know, be offensive. This is just how I saw it when it first popped up and it's just stuck with me. But the actual name is Super Lesbian Animal RPG and it has absolutely nothing to do with whatever comes to mind when you say furry in your own brain.
0: Uh, It probably does, actually. The characters actually refer...
1: (laughs) (laughs) There's actually a pretty interesting uh,
0: interaction in a game where you do have like this uh, essentially... An alien species come into play, and they're like, "Oh, you're animals that have fur all over you, so I'm gonna call you Harry's. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I must so not have made it into a that furry part. Game. So,
0: <laughs> yeah, it, it is a furry game. It, it it it's you know it features you know uh, what's it called like uh, anthropomorphic uh, animal characters uh, in a very like cutesy, uh, bubbly style, uh, very reminiscent of a lot of um a modern web comics um that are kind of like more popular towards you know like the the idea of like storytelling and stuff Mm -hmm. um so it's not it's not like too far off to just call it a furry game because it is that and i'll say like you know first things first um i'm not a furry (laughs) i don't really interact with the community um so this game would definitely be one of those games that if I wasn't doing the show, the chances of me actually picking this up would be rather low. Mm-hmm. Like you know, uh, aside from being like a queer product, which you know represent, we love that. Right. Um. I the whole furry thing usually is a turnout for me mm-hmm. because um, a lot of these products, specifically like um, stuff you know made made for by furries, for furries. Uh, tend to have not only lingo, but like it's an entire different, you know, subset of community
1: mm-hmm. that,
0: that like we are not a part of. Right. Like, we don't understand. <laughs> so you, you end up missing a lot of the content and like what it's meant to imply or what it's meant to do. It's kind of like um a straight person playing like a queer game like this, I would I would assume. Mm-hmm. It's like you get it, but you don't. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like you can understand the story, but you don't really get it. So I wouldn't touch this but uh as you're going to find out as we discuss
1: this further I'm you're very wrong. glad I did.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's very good. It's actually really really good.
1: Yeah, um, and I'll say along the same lines like for me it 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 really wasn't so much like um being worried about context in, in language so much as just A lot of times when I see games like this and they say, you know, queer media or whatever the Steam tag is, and then they show something that's overly kind of cutesy, like what the cover art on this is, I have found that games like that also tend to be more along the realms of like um, obscure hentai. And um, like <laughs> male gazy type of games that I, I'm just yeah. really not interested in playing. And, you know, Steam moderation is to where you can literally slap a lesbian tag on anything and then have it be the most filthy, yeah. nothing to do with lesbians thing ever. So I do tend to get a little cagey about games like this. But, you know, uh, Jackie researched it. <laughs> For us before she put it out as one of the games that we should play (laughs) and made sure that it wasn't something that was going to give either of us the creeps. And, you know, as she said, I'm very glad that we decided to play it because it did turn out to have a much deeper storyline and a much cuter presentation than I would have ever imagined.
0: Yeah, I mean, let's talk about, like, the pink elephant in the room, right? Uh, As people (laughs) that, you know, we are not part of the furry community. Mm -hmm. So you talk about a queer game uh, made in RPG Maker for the furry community, or at least not necessarily just the furry community, not exclusively, but it is Mm -hmm. a furry game. Mm -hmm. Uh, Thoughts come to mind of, like, you know, like Steph said, something obscure and potentially erotic and more, like, self-serving than anything that has a message or anything, like, uh, of the sort. Mm -hmm. And I think this game is actually played or it's made with that kind of self-awareness that I really do enjoy (laughs) because, you know... um, It adds uh, to the humor. Great. Yeah. I mean, one of the great snippets from this is that so you're playing, you know, like we're talking about, a queer furry game. And you're expecting it to be you know, like much, like a lot of the content uh, that uh, that comes from um, from that community using RPG Maker on Steam, using the queer tag. Like I said, you're imagined to be a little bit racy and you know, kind of like following that line.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, so when there is a scene of two characters kissing you're probably thinking there's going to be like a very detailed close up, <laughs> you know, some sort of Cutesy music to go along with it, and you know, like all the you know the hallmarks of that you know type of uh, entertainment. But instead, the creator just slaps two very poorly drawn JPEGs for like two seconds (laughs) and make those like JPEGs made in MS Paint slap on each other and make kissing noises. And it's 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 very self-aware that (laughs) you know games (laughs) of that subset community tend to take that part very seriously, and by doing that part very goofy. Uh, It kind of like, you know, break your expectations and let Mm -hmm. you know that, hey, I know what you're thinking this is going to be like. It's not that. Please just tag along. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah. And almost kind of like kicking it back in the face of that expectation by just being like, I'm going to literally focus the least amount of effort on this part so that you understand that this is not the purpose of this game. (laughs) And this game actually had a lot of really self-aware, almost like fourth wall breaking moments of humor like that. And that's something I really appreciated.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, uh, talking about the team that developed the game, uh, the main dev team of uh, Ponet Plus, the name of the uh, you know the design, uh, the game, the game dev, uh, it is uh, main mainly written by one uh, Bobby Schroeder. She is the the main writer, the main character designer. Uh, the music is composed by Beatrix Quinn and the lead um, NPC designer who made the designs and like how the characters act is Anthony Field and you know what I'll say for a game made by three people mostly uh, it is very well polished Oh like yeah. during my time playing uh, over 15 hours or so uh, I wasn't like confused at all as to like where to go what to do there was no like game breaking bugs actually I don't think I've seen a single bug in the game
1: yeah, same here, and uh, I didn't put as much time as you did into it, but a fairly healthy amount, and I did um, inadvertently do my best to break the game just out of ignorance, and not once did I ever see anything <laughs> that made me go, yeah, I really shouldn't be playing this right now.
0: Yeah, no, I do my best to break games, not out of ignorance, but almost out of spite, <laughs> especially with <laughs> games like these, where it's uh, it's an RPG so I'm like always trying to min-max and trying to find like a broken build that I can mm-hmm. be like, oh, this is going to be like extremely unbalanced or this is something that the developer didn't account for or this is like a, a way of like breaking or bypassing certain sections without having to fight a certain enemy. And I never really come across that. Right. There was one instance that I found really funny that I thought I encountered a bug once you reach the first uh, city of the game, there is a tent, like a pink tent. <laughs> and I walked to the tent and yeah. I walked and I'm like, oh, this tent doesn't have any collision. This is a classic like RPG maker like issue where like they they put down the little the the, the art tile mm-hmm. on on the game but they don't put collision in it, and then as I'm trying to enter the tent, uh, I press you know the inspect button to inspect the door of the tent, and then the character just says, "Why is there a a pink tent drawn on the floor?" <laughs> it's like the moments of self awareness like that that really kind of like makes the game shine in my opinion. It's like all these very nice funny commentary that. Um is uh we we can talk about the dialogue later, but i I just want to reiterate on the fact that I really try to break games mechanically mm-hmm. and I'm very excited about this game or or to talk about this game in general because one major issue with a lot of uh queer focused media, especially in video game format, and this is a thing we've talked to each other about in mm-hmm. in private, is that a lot of these games is just like and i I adore them, right? They're the creators of these games. But they they just have a story they want to tell. Yeah. And they probably just really, really enjoy video games. So they wanna tell their story through video games, but they're not really that interested in making like a game. They just wanna mm-hmm. tell the story. So there is really not usually there is not a game involved. So I talk about this often where it's like, A lot of queer media is either visual novels or one step removed from visual novels. Yeah. So it's a point and click adventure with barely any puzzles. It's mostly just story or it's a choice based adventure game.
1: Where your choices don't really matter. Yeah.
0: Yeah. (laughs) It's just (laughs) you just kind of go for the story. This one, no, this one is like a legitimate fun RPG game with lots <laughs> of strategy, a lot of like min-maxing, a lot of different builds you can do. Uh, the gameplay reminds me a lot of Earthbound um, with uh, nods to like some of the best kind of like uh, like uh, indie titles that are RPG kind of like off, which is a really good uh, RPG maker title as well uh, with like really good combat management, turn-based management, and like really trying to get the most out of each of your characters. And it was a blast. But as we have figured out quite recently, if you do not want to worry yourself about the combat bit and you're the type of, you know, person that enjoys queer media because you just like the story, uh, the game does have like a easy function to just switch to easy, which uh, makes the gameplay much easier so you can just interact with the story and get the story that way
1: yeah definitely and I feel like it's just so easy a lot of the time to look at these type of games and decide that you know they are or aren't something that you would want to be invested with and I think that one of the biggest lessons that we learned from this one was just the fact that you can't look at anything and make assumptions Um, And I think that as you like draw deeper into understanding the game and the dialogue and like what's going on, there are so many things that just hit you um, that you didn't even notice were happening. And it just it keeps such a great level of engagement that I was not expecting coming into this.
0: Yeah, it's because I think it's mostly because it does kind of balance out in a very nice way where like the fights are just long enough. Mm-hmm. that you get to experience the the really cool soundtrack the game has um but they don't really drag on so the fights go relatively fast i don't think i've ever had a fight last more than like 6 turns overall or like yeah. more, maybe like 8 turns on like a very like tough boss mm-hmm. but usually it's like you know it's kind of then and done even on the the standard difficulty on you know, like on the later areas the fights tend to move pretty fast and the cool thing is that This is one of those adventure games uh, or RPG games, I guess, where like characters have commentary for literally everything you try to inspect. (laughs) And I absolutely love that. I do. Because there isn't like a single moment where you don't have, like, dialogue or, like, stuff to read.
1: Yeah, I like that, too. And I I really like that even with the smallest of interactions, there's a little bit of, like, attitude there. There's always a piece of the world that keeps you just engaged with it, even if it's something as simple as, like, you walk up and, you know, you've got uh, a brand-new tree or something, I can't remember an exact specific instance of that occurring, but I just remember thinking, like, even the smallest things, like, walking into a door that won't open, there's, it's never just this door is locked. Like, they have something to yeah. say about it, and I, I like <laughs> that because it, it it's feels like, more true to life.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's, like, it, it definitely feels less gamey, and that's, like, actually incredible to pull off on a game that's made on RPG Maker of all, like, systems, right? Where, like, it's it's it looks really gamey, the, the mechanics are really gamey, but playing the game, I felt very immersed, weirdly, because like characters have like a lot to say about essentially everything that you can come across. It's really interesting when you come across a locked door, and your character says, door is locked, can't open it, and then you go across another locked door, and you try to interact with it, and the character says this one is locked too. That's kind of weird. Why are all the doors locked? And then someone (laughs) chimes in saying, well, I guess we are kind of breaking and entering. And then you try going into another door. There's no response for your main character. And then someone says, is it locked? And then someone says, yeah, it's locked. I can (laughs) tell her from her face. It's it's like stuff like that that really kind of makes it feel so immersive that characters really, like they will repeat lines if you try to inspect the same thing twice. But through just moving through the game you it it feels very natural like all the responses (laughs) which i do adore
1: yeah for sure because i mean if you think about it from the context of a real life perspective if like say you and i were just walking around for whatever reason trying doors i don't know why we would do that i don't know why we couldn't think of a better activity but (laughs) hypothetically yeah. yeah hypothetically just you know we're really bored on a saturday and we decide that's how we want to spend our day is every time that i try a doorknob going to be you going, Oh, the door's locked. Or is it going to be, God damn it. I can't believe this is another lock. <laughs> you, you know, there's always going to be some variety there. You're never just going to be like, Oh, locked door. Oh, locked door. Oh, locked door like that's why I enjoy those type of dialogues. Because even if you just change it up by a word or two, if you play a lot of RPG games, you know how important just changing up those phrases every once in a while can be to like feeling like yeah. you're still a part of that yeah. world.
0: Yeah, I I have, like, uh, so many issues with extremely big budget titles uh, that, you know, uh, I think, you know, there's games like Animal Crossing is, like, a perfect example of that. Where, like, Mm -hmm. characters don't have voice lines. They just speak, like, words. Is it so difficult to write, like, a batch of, like, 20K, like, you know, text of just other things for them to say on different occasions? Because they just repeat themselves all the time. And for a game, you're supposed to spend most of your day tending to like your villagers. The fact that they don't have different lines for different things and you always kind of just repeat the same thing again and again and again gets really samey. And luckily, you know, the, this game, uh, which <laughs> the developer actually calls uh, Slar or slarpy
1: g g yes i saw that r- and i, I almost slarp-y-G. died i was like i'm gonna have to find a way to integrate that in my vocabulary i don't know how but i'm definitely yeah, the, going to say the that word yes
0: yes because super lesbian animal rpg is kind of a kind of a mouthful so slarpy it does work uh, the way it's integrated on a RPG, uh, the, the dialogue, uh, and I think more importantly, the back and forth between all the characters is the thing I adore the most. Yes. Because a lot of RPGs will, like, characters will only talk or comment, like, do comments about stuff. Uh on cutscenes or on story bits. Mm -hmm. But in this one, characters will, like, actually talk. And this is one of the, like, the more fun aspects of the game is that because uh, the way the game functions, you don't get your full party at the start. Mm -hmm. You start uh, with one person, then you get another, then you get another, then you get another. So because there is this back and forth on interacting with NPCs and, you know, checking uh, specific spots uh, and, you know, just uh, inspecting items um essentially you have different dialogue for like all of those depending on who you have on your party or mm-hmm. who you have leading your party and that is just like you know essentially like almost quadruples the amount of fun dialogue you have yeah and another thing about the dialogue which I really do enjoy is how um normal it feels mm-hmm. um the game is set in like present time quote unquote it's like you know uh tech times, but there's magic. So characters do speak very similarly to what you would expect in, like, or days, essentially. But there's never this uh, feeling that uh, when the situation is bad, that they're not taking it seriously. Mm-hmm. That's one of my biggest pet peeves with, like, writing in, like, almost all media. Uh, when you have, like, characters that are supposed to be quirky and funny and fun, and when their, like, friend is in dire danger, they're cracking jokes and being funny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this one, they're cracking jokes and being funny when there is no imminent danger or when someone is not mad or angry. Right. But when the stuff gets serious and heavy, they, they actually act like normal human beings would on a situation like that. I, I which mean... Which is very refreshing.
1: It, it might be, in a way, reductive to say this, but I, that might be the difference between having more of a, um, like, a feminine view in the writing... Because I think that that might kind of point to like female friendships in general. We do tend to be a lot more accommodating and supportive of each other and like know and understand timing with like making jokes and, you know, being supportive and all these other things like we constantly keep these things in mind. So I think maybe in other games when you're making that comparison and I might be completely off base, but just my theory is that if it's something that's maybe written more from a masculine perspective, it would be more just like. You know, suck it up. We'll get through this, as opposed to like with it being a a game written from a female perspective, they'll just be like, "You know what? You don't feel like casting spells right now, and that's fine. You take this potion, set this one out, and we'll handle it <laughs> yeah <laughs> this
0: game this game is is very uh very positive on that front. All the characters are incredibly positive and nice to each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, even the villains of this game are still like. <laughs> they're villains and awful people, yes, but they're, like, kind of almost, you know... uh, They they really toy with that whole, like, uh, not necessarily gray area, gray moral area, but it's, like, the evil guy that you meet on the first act, he's, like... He's he's doing his own thing, you know? Mm -hmm. He's not being mean or evil for the sake of being mean or evil. He's not really, like, being super, like, um, all about, you know, uh, just being... I guess, uh, for lack of a better word, mean. He he, He just has has his own plans. He has an agenda, yeah. Yeah. Uh, And to compound to that, like when you have characters that are... um, And I think you you raised a very interesting point. I think it's more about just like the characters being able to read the room Mm -hmm. and like realizing like when is it the time to joke or be serious or kind of just play it straight and having like this kind of depth. Because I feel like a lot of uh, video games when you're writing a character... And even in other media, I suppose, it's very easy to kind of pigeonhole yourself and be like, uh, you know, Allison is the the funny character that likes to make puns. So she has to make a pun every single time, even when her girlfriend almost dies. She has to make a pun about it, you know. But in this game, they're like, no, she makes puns when she's on, you know, like on the restaurant with her friends. Mm -hmm. She doesn't really make puns (laughs) on on life-threatening situations because people are not that one-dimensional. Right. People have different faucets and, and show that. And the writing really does exemplify that in a really good manner. And to add to that as well, I think there's something to be said about writing for the main character and writing for the group. I feel like a lot of video games do tend to Uh, focus more towards like a writing that focuses on a main character right Uh so it's always about me it's always about me it's my adventure it's what i'm doing and this game has like i think perhaps a uh, cue of the writing because the whole plot or the whole you know like motivator is that your main character is out trying to prove herself trying Mm -hmm. to prove that she can essentially um Uh, be someone, do something with her life. Right. Uh, So a lot of the the dialogue that you have interacting with other people is about, you know, talking with them, seeing what their problems are, what Mm. their insecurities are, and, you know, like, just really being very vulnerable in that way. Which, yeah, it's it's very refreshing, very different. I don't know if I would attribute it to a feminine type of writing, or if it's more just um, an indie type of writing of someone who who has a very very good vision you know very definitive vision of what they want to do maybe
1: a little bit more like sensitive or empathetic probably would have been a better choice for that so yeah I that could be too I don't um, I don't uh, practice before we record so I'm asking in advance that if I say anything that's offensive or offline please just understand that I, I'm dumb <laughs> like that's honestly the reason for no. it it's not coming from a place of malice I'm just dumb <laughs> um, but I think that like no, thinking no. back on I don't... it now we kind of switched over we like went past talking about the characters themselves and kind of jumped right into the uh the dynamics of the group so we might want to we might want to step back and kind of give a little bit more intro to who you're playing in this game
0: i mean we could yes Um, (laughs) i mean uh, if we have to whatever no no i think i think it's it's fun but uh, like uh, with games like these always like have this weird sort of balance thing you know of like i don't want to spoil anything because the game is really good and i want people to play so like how much can you say you know it's like the stuff we say is on the on the blurb, you know, is right. on, on the box when you yeah. go to Steam. Um, but we could we could do a little bit of uh, like re, like essentially a bit of a synopsis because <laughs> we're just high, like singing high praise. Uh, as for now, you yeah. know, twenty minutes in, we're just saying the game is really good. But I do suppose we can give like the groundwork of like what essentially is the plot of the game. Yeah. So um, yeah. So the plot of the game is that you play as uh, this girl. Uh, Melody, who doesn't really have much of a perspective in life. Mm-hmm. She finished high school uh, and she tried going to college, didn't really work out and she essentially is known to having a, a couple of sabbatical years not entirely sure what she wants to do or where she wants to go from here uh, Her girlfriend uh, is thinking about getting into adventuring because in the world of this game uh, adventuring is still a thing that people do because mm-hmm. there is magic and naturally, where there is magic, there's also monsters. so there's still like a lot of like really old ruins and places filled with monsters that people can essentially do some spelunking and make their living that way. Yeah. So uh, her girlfriend, with the help of their best friends Jody uh, and Claire, um, make a little adventuring guild, <laughs> and the, the HQ of their, the HQ of their adventuring guild is uh, a room in the library, like a meeting room they, they rented in the library. Um,
1: they kind of forcefully taken over.
0: Yeah. So the game kicks off with uh, your friend, uh, one of your best friends, Claire, doing uh, essentially a ritual to kind of like jumpstart the magical abilities of both you and your girlfriend Mm -hmm. so you can be better adventurers because, as she says, you really didn't have much of a head start Mm -hmm. because people that get into adventuring either have, you know, like parents that are really good adventurers and a lot of money to kind of, Make them do a bunch of courses where they can learn magic and they can learn, you know, like uh, combat skills and stuff like that. And our characters are essentially, you know, kind of not necessarily fresh out of high school. They they've been a couple of years around, but it's just like they they done high school and they didn't have much money, so they kind of just work odd jobs to pay the bills.
1: They're it's, kids. Uh, it's very relatable in yeah. that way. <laughs> yeah, they're kids. They're um, they're, uh, they're kids. Yeah. Maybe maybe pre or early twenties and just trying to figure out life. It's a uh, yeah, it is yeah. very relatable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: they're mid twenty, mid twenty kids, and uh, they're kind of just trying to figure out what to do. Mm-hmm. And the the thing uh, about the game is that essentially, um, as there is a catalyst, as all games have, there is once you're ready to go to start adventuring, um, there is a, a huge um, catastrophe of a big baddie trying to invade, you know, the place where you live. And the game goes about you trying to fix that. And while you try to fix that, you get to explore different biomes filled with interesting, colorful characters with uh, even more interesting uh, and colorful combat systems uh, and mechanics. And that's, that's pretty much where the game goes. You have these four characters that are like essentially the, your team, your party. And you know you have your main character, which is the healer, uh, her girlfriend, which is the fighter, your best friend Claire, which is a mage, and your best friend Jody, which is a tank, and the game is just about these four characters, their relationships with each other and with you know their um, respective you know uh, friends and family, and how they deal with it. I'd say that the writing is very on par for something, or like the general plot is is, is kind of like similar to something like Undertale, mm-hmm. with like you know meeting. These characters that are actually kind of like connected to each other, and they talk about each other, and then you get to meet them, and you get to see what their situation is like, and then you talk about other characters, and it's like you realize how everything is kind of like interconnected with each other, and the world is actually not um, that complicated or complex. It's just that um, you just you just need to spend a bit more time in it to kind of figure it out. Mm-hmm. So that's a, I think that's a pretty pretty tight synopsis let <laughs> you go through.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I think it's it's also a very relatable game if you at any point in your life spent a couple of years of your existence in a small town. Um, you're going to find a lot of the interactions relatable or the fact that just everybody seems to know your business um, and just kind of how you're going about conducting yourself. It um, There's a lot of things about this game, even being set in such a fantastical universe and the fact that, you know, everybody is kind of a beast creature, It's just it really has so many story beats that you absolutely will relate to whether you mean to or not, just because it's extremely just true to life with how it treats everyday situations and relationships.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think and I think that's like where the game really is really fun to Mm -hmm. play is to kind of it's almost like a slice of life kind of game. Of, like, just seeing how these people are with their relationships with each other and how they live with it. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, in a way, it's very... uh, I don't like to overuse the word relatable, but there's so many, like, uh, dialogues, especially later on in the game, about characters being about their insecurities and, you know, how they feel about stuff and the way that people kind of, like, raise each other. it's it's all, like, very, like good (laughs) because i was definitely like expecting it to be like super cutesy and like super uplifting Mm -hmm. and don't get me wrong a lot of it is yeah but it does also like tackle some like heavy like stuff uh about you know like presence and like where you fit in with the crowd and where do you want to go it's like a lot of a lot of interesting ideas that um you just don't see in other media, like, treating it in, in this way where, like, you can make a comparison to something like uh, the newest uh, Life is Strange. Yes. Um, where it does deal with that, mm-hmm. but that game deals with that, but it also, like, always has, uh, you know, that, that kind of feeling of, well, yes, you do have this problem about f- trying to find yourself but also the world is going to end if you don't like you know <laughs> do the thing and you save the world. This one always feels more like regardless if you save the world or not, like these relationships are like very not messy.
1: Mm-hmm. It's
0: just that it feels almost like it feels troubling cuz it's like you get the both sides of like all the arguments that they have between each other. Right. But it's uh but it's very heartfelt. I get the feeling that um Whoever wrote a lot of the dialogue uh, probably were drawing deep from like stories they, you know, they probably lived through Mm -hmm. or lived, you know, close to because a lot of the stuff is like really well written and like really does uh, hit that emotional high in a really good way.
1: I think a lot of the um, like if you read any kind of descriptions about this game or whatever, they always talk about, you know, uh, tackling adventuring and, and love and they always put on their anxiety. And I think that one of the things that makes the character that you play Melody so relatable is the fact that she does very much have an anxiety disorder and it comes through in the writing and how she thinks about herself and her action interactions with other people and if you are someone like us who does suffer with anxiety like a lot of the things that she says i i had to remember that that was the place it was coming from because from me it sounded exactly like the way that i would answer situations and so i really a lot of the times in the dialogue especially with melody had to take a step back and be like okay is this like how someone with anxiety would solve this problem? Or is this how someone who (laughs) is anxious to be in an, an adventuring party and who wants to prove herself would solve the situation. And that's that more than anything felt relatable to me because that's how I have to look at every situation in my life before I blow it out of proportion. Oh, is this coming from my, my anxiety, or is this coming from the person that I want to be who can handle this? And, And that was one of the things that I loved so much about the writing was it's not very often that I get to play a character that I feel like I'm not um, having to do any role playing with and, and she very much was yeah, that for yeah. me
0: <laughs> no for sure I mean I, I like to think that at least I have a little bit more emotional maturity than Melody but at the end of the day I probably don't she really keeps it like you know, like she really tries to <laughs> to hold it all together, even well into like uh, act four and, and beyond. She's really like struggling, but she is, she tries. Yeah, <laughs> she tries really hard, and I yeah. I do appreciate it because uh, they they throw some pretty heavy stuff at her, and uh, she she manages to to keep on going, which is uh, and you know that's interesting because that also gets brought up in the game quite often about the fact that um she is having anxiety because she thinks like she's way in over her head. Mm-hmm. But even though like every time she thinks she's way in over her head, she's also been the healer of the party that that has gotten the party through like horrible things before. Right. So like there's really no reason for her to be over head. And I think that's like an interesting... I don't know if it's intentional or not, but that's an issue that uh, it's very apparent when you're playing the game on like the regular difficulty and you're trying to get past uh, like a difficult section Mm -hmm. and you manage to do it um, because like you like for example you beat a boss that's really difficult and you you get out of the fight thinking like immediately like man this team composition is great this worked amazing. I can't believe it. I actually beat it. And then immediately after, Melody is like, well, I'm a failure.
1: <laughs> I don't know if I'm going
0: to be able to do this next part. And I'm like, what are you talking about? I spec'd out your gear. You're like level 35. What are you talking about? You're not able to do this. <laughs> and I'm like, that's a lot of ludonarrative dissonance because it doesn't make sense that she would have all these um, doubts about herself when she's level 35 with the best gear I could buy. But then I think... Wait, I feel like that a lot of the times. I was about to say, how could this this not be relatable to you? Like, this is literally a discussion that
1: all of us, like, we've had interventions with you multiple times telling you how talented, how wonderful, how beautiful, how perfect you are. And you are still Melody at the end of the day going, man, that really didn't go the way I thought it would. And we're just like, what? Yeah. So, yeah, I could see where this would be your character 100%. So that's what
0: I'm saying about like the writing being like deceptively good. It's like even even specific parts where you don't really think about it. Uh, if you give a second thought about all this stuff that in your head doesn't make sense, actually kind of loops around to actually making a lot of sense. Right. it being very interesting.
1: <laughs> yeah. Let's not so. look too much closer about why we identify with her so much. well
0: not only her but i actually did identify with allison quite a bit as well me too a lot of them have a lot of like really interesting like backstories and ways to deal with stuff that i think is just completely like 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 i said it's they they treat these characters in a way more three-dimensional way than i thought Mm -hmm. because uh you know we're talking about like characters being very fleshed out and interesting um, and with a lot of these characters, there's always the issue of like, each character has to have like a, you know, like a solid rock personality trait that doesn't ever buckle, never change. And for me, I always thought that, you know, someone like Jody, the tank of the team, mm-hmm. she's older, she is... Uh, she's already like a, a seasoned knight. Mm-hmm. Like this is not her first rodeo. Being an adventurer, mm-hmm. and like she really like troubles herself as being sort of like the babysitter of the group, trying to keep like everyone from getting into too much trouble. And the idea behind her and like all of, like the reason why she is like that is very interesting. Again, without wanting to spoil too much. Um, you know, there there's a lot to be said about like, you know, having like a almost like a, a savior complex, you know, like a oh, yeah. like a Superman complex of mm-hmm. like just being like, Well, technically I am the older person here. I am the more stable person emotionally. So it is my job to make sure that everyone can rely on me and I can help everyone. Mm-hmm. And the way the game approaches that and like actually digging in how much that is actually like a big burden you know like mm-hmm. cuz she feels like she can't really open up to other people because she has to be you know like the straight man right. a lot of the times but similarly she isn't the straight man like all the time she mm-hmm. knows how to crack a joke she knows how to make puns and kind of hang out with her friends and and be silly but she's, like, the first one to kind of always err on the side of caution towards things and try to, like, look at a thing, you know, in a, in a more straight line. Whereas, like, games with, like, lesser writing, I feel like they would never allow their straight man character to be funny or fun or do anything interesting. Because they had this character has to be, you know, straight edge, no right. nonsense, always serious, mm-hmm. you know? And yeah. that's just not how people are
1: (laughs) well and they tend to especially in rpg games like anything any character that plays anything remotely approaching like a knight like jody does they do tend to very much have like one or two personality types for them and that's it so you know you spend a lot of time in the first act trying to find jody and i'll be super honest i wasn't looking forward to finding her because i just i knew i had in my head like you know she's it's already been established she's an older character she's experienced so you know she's gonna come in and she's gonna automatically just dominate the group like there's not gonna be jokes anymore there's not gonna be fun dah, 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 dah. and it, you know i've really had a lot of preconceived notions and then you finally get to that part where you meet her character and the first thing she does is start talking about how much she loves her girlfriend like immediately out of the gate, <laughs> it just talks about how she hasn't been able to talk to her for a couple of days. She's missing her, she's thinking about her. And that was yeah. the first thing that blew my mind because I was like, wait a minute, that's not how you know the fighter or the tank in any game is supposed to talk about. Like, for them, it's all about the battle, it's yeah. all about the strategy, like everything else is aside. But you know, she walks in and she's just like, yeah, whatever, I killed all these people, but you know, I'm really worried about what my girlfriend's doing right now and if she's okay. And I was just like, okay, this is different. You know, I'm, I'm, I might vibe with this. Yeah. And then the more you get to know her, the more you're just like, no, she takes her responsibility seriously, but she's not like a, a curmudgeon or a grouch by any means. She just, she has no. her priorities. And I thought that was so cool to see. I really loved that.
0: Yeah, no, because if, if uh, memory serves, the reason you go meet with her, because like I said, you get your party like incremental as the story goes along, you get mm-hmm. to add each character to your party. The reason you go meet her is because she was missing for like a full day and didn't answer her phone. So her girlfriend, which is like the, the leader of the, the paladins, which is like this this group that tries to protect the people of, mm. uh, of Sapphire Island um she asks you because you know you're you're all good friends she like pretty much is like please find my girlfriend because she's missing and i don't know what to do and i'm having a panic attack so you go try to find her and when you do find her yeah she's like i was totally expecting her to be like i was an important quest it is uh, my utmost duty to do right. so. But then you, when you meet her, her first thing is like, oh, is my girlfriend right? I completely <laughs> forgot that I was like out for like a full day. Like, yeah. It didn't even cross my mind because I was doing something. But is she okay? <laughs>
1: well, and her whole thing <laughs> she, is, I, th- fine. I think from what I understand, and I might have this wrong because, like I said, it didn't play as, as far in as you did. But isn't there something about like that plane that they're on that the timing is a little bit weird? Like it's almost like in d d if you're like in the Feywild or something, like time passes differently. I think I remembered something in the dialogue about her just being like, I, you know, I, I thought that I was only here for a few minutes, but it's been like three days or whatever it was.
0: <laughs> no, I think, I think that was mostly just because she was like a dead on focused oh, on doing okay. something yeah. to keep like her girlfriend safe. I might have so you come to her it, yeah. and she's like, well, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because like, that's, I think that's exactly her line. Right. It's like, cause essentially there is like this shady figure and her girlfriend is spending, like, most of her time trying to figure out what's happening and try to mobilize things. And she's, like, losing her mind. So Jody like, tries to be a good girlfriend and be like, let me go off the books and try to ease off some of your, your problems by, uh, you know, tracking this guy and trying to do, see, see what he's up to. And she does so but she uh, spends a full day, but in her head, she's like, it couldn't be that long, right? <laughs> <laughs> Which uh, makes me think that she probably has ADHD. I, I was uh, just spent about like to say that. She spends a full day I tailing this guy, God. and yeah. then just at the end is like figure out, oh, yeah, it's been a full day.
1: Yeah, because how many times have you or and I both done that? Been like,
0: oh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. shit,
1: it's 10 o'clock at night. Like, I've been working on this project. I, I had no idea is my wife alive? Like, we've both been there, like, we get it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Precisely. (laughs) But I mean, like I said, it's it's hard to talk about the characters in this game without like, wanting to spoil things, because like I said, these characters uh, prima facie seem very simple and straightforward, but Mm -hmm. they do have, like, a lot of, like, very interesting like relationships to each other and a lot of like emotional depth that I was certainly not expecting from a game called Super Lesbian Animal RPG, which yeah. uh, uh, was uh, legitimately. This game came out in December, and I might be inclined to say this this definitely has been like one of my favorite games I've purchased in I don't know past three, four or five months, maybe. Oh, yeah, I'd have to do like a proper check, but I'm just very enamored by both the combat system and the writing, which is not usually... Usually it's one or the other. Usually Mm -hmm. the game has a really good combat system or really good writing. Um, This game has both, if you like, turn-based RPGs. And completely, like, you know, um, surprised me. Mm -hmm. Another thing that surprised me, and let's get into that... The soundtrack to this game is <laughs> incredible. It really is. Beatrix yeah. Quinn, you did an amazing job.
1: <laughs> I will say that I, I, I feel like maybe in that vein, I'm, um, I I don't usually notice as much. And I'll be honest about that because with games like this, where I know that they're going to be shorter games in general, I, I, I'm not going to say I forget. I don't always listen to the game as it's playing because i am also a very big podcast addict so there are a lot of times mm-hmm. when i'm playing games like this where i i legitimately don't even think to listen to the soundtrack because i'm just like okay I'm, I'm gonna play through this i'm gonna get to the story but you know i've also got something going on in my head at the time um And for probably the first hour or two that I played this, I did that exact same thing because I was just like, oh, you know, it's just going to be this cute, fast, fun game. It's not going to have too much depth to it, whatever. And then I remember at one point you sent me a message and we're like, you need to be listening to this music. (laughs) And so I started to and you were right, like even for something that like you look at this game and there's so much that you expect it to be simple on. It's art style, it's graphics, it's design, it's its music. Like, I was fully expecting to, like, put my headphones in and it just be this, like, simple chiptune or something. But it wasn't. And, it, like, the more different areas I explored and the more battles I got into, the more I started to see, like, you know, you really nailed it with this. This was such a great sound design all around. And the music and the sound effects and everything really came together in a way that was just incredible incredible for a game that like you can beat in what like 15 16 hours just the amount of thought put into it you could tell this was a labor of love on every front but especially the sound design front
0: yeah no 100% because like it definitely does feel like almost every single track uh music wise right it it definitely feels like the composer was like i'm going to put my heart into this right. this is going to be the best song I can make which a lot of indie games do that which I absolutely love where like they don't hold anything back because they're like this is something I want to do and this is something I really believe in so right. I'm like really gonna make the best thing It's not to say that this, this the game soundtrack doesn't have some fairly generic forgettable tracks it, it does have some of those I feel like whenever they they, they go towards the more um, gamey side of soundtracks, uh, it's kind of forgettable. Like, yeah. it sounds very similar to other RPG Maker sort of uh, style games. Like, very cheap synths and midis. It's, it just doesn't... Like, it's fine. Like, it doesn't take me out of it. But it's not really, like, remarkable. But, like, as soon as you leave your main character's house and you walk into the beachside... Mm -hmm. and it plays like that just beautiful kind of like long drawn out kind of like you know tropical music with like these uh weird like chord progressions it's just like that just swells up like it starts like Mm -hmm. very truncated and very like kind of quiet and lo-fi and then it just hits you with the intro and it's just like so bombastic and beautiful and slow moving it's uh like the game has a lot of that like whenever they do something weird, uh, the desert soundtrack as well, like when you're walking oh, through the yeah. desert and it has like these this weird, distorted bass just going absolutely insane. It's like, it just sounds really unique and amazing. Mm-hmm. And I have to say, um, for sure, um, you know, Pondit Plus, please release an OST because <laughs> there's no way to listen to the music. Like you can go to the files, but you know, it's, Like, it's only, like, all of these songs are kind of, like, a minute and a half or so. Like, it'd be nice to have them, like, in a proper format with the intro, the middle of the song, and then, like, an an end to the song. Mm -hmm. Because the the way the game kind of functions, these these soundtracks, they usually have, like, them on loop, but they have a start and an end, and there is no way to, like, easily kind of clip them together. And these are... There's legitimately some songs that are definitely worth, like, listening. Because I do the same thing you do. Like, I, I essentially just... Um, open YouTube in one Mm -hmm. of my monitors and in a game on the main and I try to play the game but then the game did something that I noticed kind of like out of the corner of my ear essentially that made me want to listen to the rest of the soundtrack really like attentively because the game does one of my favorite motifs which when it comes to uh, music which is having motifs (laughs) of like just the same song but with different variations Mm -hmm. so if you're in a cave, uh, and the cave is all, like, 8-bit and glitchy, they have a specific version of the song for that. And then if you're in a cave that is in a mountain, is the same song with different instruments and a different tempo with a different beat, but it's essentially like the same notes, the same progression. And then same with music. I love how, like, the music, the combat music, when it's just your main character, is kind of, like, very, like, tiny and, like, tinny and, like, kind of, like, you know, very very small and simple but then as more people join your party this the music like the bass music for combat just starts getting more instruments and becoming like more complicated and then when you fight the boss it's the same song but with even more instruments (laughs) it's just like it's like such a cool concept of like like really tying together like the musical feel of the game and the game
1: itself yeah and I think that, it, especially in this game, that's important because something that you and I have gone back and forth about a lot is like lo-fi music in general about how, you know, it it is pretty simplistic and can be easy to make. And, you know, there, there really isn't a whole lot of like flair you can put onto it. But I think that this game is the first game in a long time that kind of uh, turned music on its head for me in that respect because like the game essentially like a lot of the music is very much lo-fi but they have such a great talent for increasing and decreasing the intensity of the feeling just based off the the same simple sound concepts over and over again and that's really admirable because it didn't take anything like fucking orchestral side style to be able to create no it did all of this with like the very bare minimum of of sounds and in beats and recording and it did it in such a fun way like everything about this game was fun but yeah the sounds for sure were a big part of that
0: yeah there's something like eclectic almost um with um with like the way the music is right because you have your standard, um, you know, like, kind of happy-go-lucky adventuring music that Mm -hmm. every single RPG game has. Ever, yeah. Uh, But then you have, like, yeah, but then you have, like, the, the like uh, the weird, like, glitchy dance music from, like, the glitch level. Oh, and then yeah. you have, like, weird dance EDM music from the neon labyrinth level. And then you have, like, the weird, like, uh, like wasteland music of the desert that has, like, this weird viola with, like, this distorted bass. <laughs> um, like, just a lot of, like, a, it's very eclectic. That's what I'm saying. When they do things very weird and different... Is memorable. Is really good, and I like that. I mean, like you said, yeah, it's like like I said, it's very much like a a, like a passion project Mm -hmm. because you do get the feeling that every single bit of this game, like nothing was overlooked, essentially. Right. There's okay. no, like, throwaway characters. There's no throwaway lines. There's no throwaway items and mechanics. Like, everything has been, like, considered very carefully. Yeah. I mean, for, for example, one of my favorite bits of the game, mechanics-wise, is that your main fighter, Allison, um, she has special moves that is a low kick, a high <laughs> kick, a left jab, and a right jab. And they all do the same amount of damage. The difference is certain enemies have different weak spots. Mm-hmm. So, for example, if you look at an enemy character, you can deduce where the weak spot is just by looking at the general design of the enemy. So if the enemy's sprite has like their face on the left side of the screen and kind of low... A left punch probably will do the trick. If huh. it's a flying enemy, doing a high kick is going to do more damage because they're flying, they're up high. And if it's an enemy that has is really tall and has like really thin legs, doing a low kick will probably tumble them over. So like stuff like that where it's just like it, 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 it could, they could have just given her like a, you know, standard like, you know, you know, force kick or a force punch that does double damage. But it's just like these interesting mechanics that keep you engaged with actually looking at what's happening on the screen really shows that they they have like really like kind of pinpoint accuracy, try to make sure that every single little portion of the game is fun and enjoyable and added that to the like little dialogues that you get from like inspecting anything in the game. Uh, <laughs> yeah, like essentially they really like it's a, even though it's only like 15, 16 hours to beat or so, uh, it's chock full of content. There's yeah. no like padding whatsoever, you know? Yeah. There's in no like minutes me- of just like doing nothing. There's always something.
1: In me saying that, it, it definitely don't take that as a criticism by any means because every once in a while you want to just play through something. You want to enjoy the story. You don't need it to be. 200 hours long like you want to just have yourself a nice story that's kind of condensed and if you know the mechanics you can probably get through it in a couple of hours like it probably wouldn't take the average player of this type of game nearly as long to get through it as as it has taken me um this just isn't my usual style of gaming. So I'm taking a little bit more time mm-hmm. exploring a little bit more things. And, but I mean, I, I hope no one confuses that for a lack of enjoyment of it in my part. I'm just slow. Like I'm not a power gamer. I never have been and I probably never will be. But I think that this game has a lot, of off, a lot to offer no matter what your typical gaming style is. So I'm going to encourage you that even if, like me, this isn't your regular style of game, you should definitely give it a shot. Like, if you like sound design, try it. If you like cute art, try yeah. it. If you like good battle mechanics. Like, there's nothing about this game that no matter what type of gamer you are, you're not going to find something to love about it.
0: Yeah, even if, even if it's not your type of game and you don't, like, turn-based RPGs and stuff. Which I usually just don't. Just put it on easy. yeah yeah just put it on easy and kind of just surf through like all the combat stuff and just get to enjoy the really nicely written
1: dialogue and nicely written story yeah because the story makes if, if you don't like that type of battle which i know some people don't i don't mind it i'm just not good at it but if that's not something you like yeah 100 turn it on easy and just enjoy the story because this game is exceptionally well written like a we yeah. we love to complain we're the first ones to tell you if a story doesn't make sense <laughs> but everything yeah. about this like neither of us really had anything that we could point to and be like this makes this game horrible and that's rare because we both yeah. love to find something to hate on it but it just didn't happen. Yeah, to I'm try to think one. really hard <laughs>
0: i I I can't can't. really hard about something to nitpick
1: there's nothing i'm sorry like and and i would have been the first one to look at this game and be like yeah i'm not gonna love anything about this game well sorry now i'm the person that's like i can't hate anything about this game because even the parts that i don't like it's just because i'm not good at them aside from that like yeah i
0: have something no i have something very important to complain about now that i think about it, go for it the game doesn't have a soundtrack (laughs) <laughs> god damn release the soundtrack god damn it <laughs> that's the only thing i have to complain about because yeah the rest i'm like i, I just really I'm, I'm missing like you know stuff to complain about it's incredible again i love yeah i love representation there's mm-hmm. queer characters aplenty There's, you know, like there's trans characters, there's non-binary characters, Mm -hmm. there's, you know, like uh, gay and pansexual characters alike. And that's another important factor of like really good like representation, in my opinion. These themes are important to the story. Mm -hmm. They're not the theme of the story. Like, you know, like the the fact that the characters are queer is important to how the story is told. Yes, but the story is not about their queerness, which I do very much enjoy. I think there is a place for stories about queerness, but it seems, it almost feels like 90% of the media that comes out that is queer representation is about queerness. Right. And that is, uh, that is tiring. I just, I just a different stuff and this fits that niche perfectly
1: in my opinion. I think that the thing that blew my mind about this game and, and I did text you about this when it happened, but I, I had read like literally next to nothing about this game, walking into it. Um, you sent me a whole bunch of games that like were things we were maybe thinking of looking at and this one i i I don't know if it was the colors or me just wanting a challenge or what but i picked this one um and i literally read nothing about it going in so when you get to I i think it's like 10 20 minutes into the story and you actually get a description of the character you're playing they say um melody is kind-hearted but meek transgender fox. Up until that point, I literally had no idea that I was playing a transgender lesbian. It, it There was nothing yeah. about the story that made it a big deal. There was nothing that pointed to it. Like, maybe my ignorance maybe there was something there but i just didn't see it whatever it was but i remember just being so absolutely blown away by the fact that that was just seamlessly integrated into the story it wasn't something anybody made a big deal out of like there was no parade there was no you know angered factions there was literally nothing about it that pointed to it being anything out of the ordinary and I absolutely fell in love with that character that moment because that was the first time that it was just like, this is your default. This is what you're playing as. And, you know, you can either play it or you can just not play the game. That's it, like, and-
0: Yeah, I never I, I never remember like a game that, it, like, I, know, I don't, it's, if it happened, I, I didn't commit to memory, but a game that you have like a trans character as a main character.
1: Exactly, and for like, it default. not to even be an issue. For it not to be, it's no, nothing everyone anybody is really discusses. Supportive. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> People bring it
0: up. Yeah. yeah.
1: And it, that was just, it, it was mind blowing for me because I was like, this is exactly what I want video games to be. This is exactly what like everybody from our generation has been fighting for right here for it to just be a non-issue. Yeah. Whoever you are, whatever you yeah, Representation without an issue.
0: Exactly. I mean, and that's the thing. It's also like not, it's not like a throwaway line because like yeah. I said, the fact that she's trans does come up Several times throughout the game. Um, but it, it, they, they come up in like key moments where she's talking about like maybe it's tied to anxiety. There's actually early on a pretty good line where she says she's not sure that she wants to to be an adventurer mm-hmm. because her girlfriend is so dead sure that she wants to be a girlfriend. And she says, I wasn't even sure I was a girl until I was 16. Right. And you wanted to be an adventurer your whole life. Like, I don't know if this is what I want for me. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, that's that kind of dialogue is like, huh, that's. See, that's where it's important to bring that because it pays a service to the story. Exactly. You're not just having the character yell that she's trans, just because, you know, you yeah. have to have a token trans character. Right. <laughs> it has a reason and a motive for her to say it. And it's pertinent to the story. It's pertinent to the character. And it adds to the story and our understanding of the character. It's, it's Like I said, it's really good representation mm-hmm. of media, in my opinion, because of stuff like that. And
1: when it does come up, it, it it's that much more impactful. Like, because that moment you were just describing, that hit me in the heart. I was just like, okay... Mm-hmm. This is something that I, you know, playing as a, uh, a cis lesbian character or a, a cis straight one, whatever the main default is for video games, that's not something I would have ever thought about before. It just wasn't in my consciousness. So now that like just that one line that wasn't even supposed to be like a major story moving movement that was just like as far as RPGs go, that's exactly what you want. That's exactly it right there. Cause it's not overbearing. It isn't anything that like overshadows the entire story, but it really puts you in the place of the character you're playing.
0: Mm-hmm. I, I find it funny because like there's a lot of callbacks to stuff like, you know, queerness that are not necessarily so heavy like uh, emotionally either. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of my favorite interactions is that Claire, the major of your group, is also trans. Mm-hmm. If you go to her room, she has um, a trans flag. And when you interact with the trans flag, <laughs> Melody asks. Uh, the first line is like, "You, I want to ask you something, Claire, but I didn't. You don't have to answer if you don't want to." So that primes you up, thinking she's probably gonna talk to her about something trans-related issue mm-hmm. or something. And you're half right because the next line is, "Your dress kind of looks like the trans flag. Did you do that on purpose?" <laughs> and Claire is like. Oh yeah, I guess it kind of does, doesn't it? <laughs> and then when you go interact with it again, when you have the full party, you have the same dialogue. But then uh, Jody asks, like, "Wait, you're telling me that wasn't on purpose?" And Clara says, "Oh, nobody's gonna believe me if I say it wasn't on purpose, right?" <laughs> <laughs> it's like stuff like that is like really, really cool and interesting, in my opinion. Yeah, that's yeah. But, awesome. yeah the game has like tons of that.
1: It is yeah, it's like, and it's that's... like the
0: best. Queer game I've played so far exactly. by far in my opinion.
1: I think I think that this game is exactly everything that we were looking for in a game with queer representation and it's yes. one that we both probably would have overlooked if we didn't like dig deeper into what was behind it because you know just like I said yes I could have very easily written this off as just another like malegazy gazy tie that had nothing to offer me and it yeah. just had a lesbian tag slapped onto it but Man, this this game, like with so little playtime and so little dialogue really just manages to just constantly tug at you and and make you engage with the world, whether you were intending to or not.
0: Very much a sleeper hit. Like I yeah. said, uh, this is very much something I could have easily just scrolled through because like a, a, like, a, I've been meaning to do, I wanted to check more queer content in video games. And this was, I could have easily been something I'm scrolling through Steam and I think like, oh, furry stuff. Like, yeah. I, I don't Here vibe we with go. that. Yeah. just gloss it over. Mm-hmm. Especially one with such a, like, a direct name, like super lesbian animal RPG. Yeah. For me, that feels almost like a... Uh, if if I have something bad to say is like the title is both enticing but at the same time kind of
1: repulses
0: the game yeah because it is it is a it is a super lesbian animal RPG yes but it's also more than that in in a lot of ways you know like it's it's a story in its own right and like you know the fact that the the characters are animals and the fact that they're queer like even though it comes into contact with the story and it does inform the characters mm-hmm. the story is about a lot of different things and a lot of different themes that go even beyond that. So, yeah, like Sleeper Hit. (laughs) Amazing game. I'm going to be judging every single game moving forward uh, by using this (laughs) as a a pedestal. Yeah,
1: definitely. (laughs) And and, uh, this game is also great. Like, If you can't, if you feel like you can't engage with any of the other things that Jackie and I have said, make it wonderful. Maybe just if for no other reason than you like tabletops. Because this game and the way that the combat rolls, and the way that like the different traits roll, is very reminiscent of a tabletop. Because you don't have, as something we talked about before we were recording, you don't have a guaranteed chance of just about anything in combat with this game. It's like literally all goes down to rolls. So, you know, if you like to gamble a bit, <laughs> playing something like D&D Lite, yeah. this might be fun for you too, just for that reason.
0: Another good selling point is that it's also incredibly cheap for what it is. Yeah. Like I know the game is only 15, 16 hours, but, you know, a time recording, I paid 30 reais for this, which is essentially like roughly like $12 or such. I think it's like 15 bucks, American mm-hmm. USD
1: that's what i paid for it. Yeah, it was like fourteen ninety nine or something. I i legitimately would have paid three times as much and i'm not even exaggerating about yes. that. This game <laughs> it is, is short and small, but my god does it have so much to offer.
0: Yes, it is it is a an entirely um entirely underpriced game in my opinion it's one of those games that similarly you know like you pay 30 bucks for undertale and you can beat undertale in like six hours mm. and you get like a full completion ending in six hours but it is a good you know it's a good six hours that is worth that price right this is very similar to that of like this is only 16 hours or 15 hours mm-hmm. but it's an amazing experience so i'm going to say closing words you don't like furry stuff, fine. You don't like overly queer stuff, fine. This game is much more than both of those and definitely worth a play.
1: Yeah. I, I'm gonna just piggyback on that with final thoughts as well and say that, you know, you don't have to like any of that at all. You know, you you can walk into this and you can play Melody, the main character, just like somebody who's just trying to get business done, whatever the situation is. If you just like combat. This game offers you a uh, world of combat that is both interesting and engaging and allows you to play around with different playstyles because all of the characters have within the world very clearly defined roles, but you can switch them out. You can switch their abilities. There's a lot of things that you can do to kind of min-max every single character in your party and not have to really worry about the storyline So, yeah, this is one of those games that no matter who you are, no matter what type of gameplay you like, you're probably going to get a kick out of this, and it's really too inexpensively priced not to give it a shot.
0: Yes. It is... This game is short, it is cheap, and it's amazing. So you should, like, even if you have an inkling that maybe you'll enjoy it, you should purchase it. Mm -hmm. If nothing else to support, you know, queer developers making queer content. Like, even if you don't enjoy the game somehow, just the fact that it's so cheap, I would say, to put your money down just to, you know, like, support these devs because they are doing good work.
1: Yeah. And if nothing else, remember the fact that it is next to never, that Jackie and I can both not only agree on a game, but also agree that it doesn't have any like major glaring faults so if nothing else (laughs) that should sell you because we can complain about literally anything
0: thank you for listening to another episode of arcade militia this episode is brought to you by our amazing wonderful patrons Account of raid and pixie thank you so much for supporting us and if you wish to support us head to patreon.com jackie comics um where we are offering some extra goodies like uh, some uh, unique episodes and maybe in the future some videos so yeah thank you again for uh, listening